to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Well, over the last couple of years, pretty much every day, I've been walking past the site of where a brand new sporting club is being built, club rooms being built on Chichester, at Chichester Sporting ground, which is a major sporting hub in our area for cricket, for soccer. And so whether it's been uh, during a game of disc golf with my mates or going on a prayer walk or driving to the IGA because my family are desperately in need for something sweet, I, I've seen this site, this building being built from scratch, the tearing down of an old club room and the building of a brand new building. At the same time, over the last couple of years, what has filled a lot of my mind has been a building that's not very close, that's not on the street that I live, but a building that is a bit further north, the building of a brand new church in Jigalong. And my goodness, I did not realise how many things needed to be sorted for a building to be built. But we're coming to the pointy end of this building. In the next six months, we're going to have, we're going to see a brand new church building in Jigalong for C3 Jigalong to be able to worship in. And the team have been doing an amazing job. But guess what? We need you as a part of our team. We need you if you've got a desire to help build, if you've got some skills, the team Uh, teams will be going up over the next few months and the trip should be coming up on the screen now. Uh, And there's there's four opportunities to come up and be a part of the building team as we build this incredible building. And there is going to be an info session for the building trips after the service in Feb. I think it's the 26th of Feb after the AM service. And so if you're interested and you haven't let me know, please come to that. Meeting. So this idea of building, it's consumed my mind. And so when you think of building something, what comes to your mind? Is it a physical structure? Maybe you're building a house. Maybe you're renovating and you're in that state, in that construction stage. You're building a physical structure. Maybe it's, you think of building a relationship building a marriage, building a relationship between a parent and a child. Maybe it's about building a friendship. Maybe you think about building a business. Maybe you've started a business or you've inherited a business and you're in that stage where you're looking to build and sustain a business. Maybe it's about building a career. Maybe you're in a place of study and you're, you're looking to build a skill set. You're looking to build skills to be able to help you build that career. Maybe you're in a career and, and there's things to learn and there's steps to take and, and opportunities that come your way to build that career. Maybe it's about building muscle. Maybe you just love going to the gym and you want to get built. You want to get jacked. You want to get buff. You want to get swole like Ben Spitcher. I don't even know if he's here. Is he here? Maybe it's about building a legacy. Maybe you're at a stage in your life where you are looking 
to leave something for the next generation to build upon. Maybe it's about building legacy. Or maybe it's about building your faith, building trust in God. As, as we walk on this discipleship journey, you're looking to take steps to put in building blocks to help build your faith, growing and maturing as a spirit-led disciple of Jesus. Well, whatever it is that we think about when we think about the idea of building, some key observations have crystallised for me that whatever we're building, building takes time. There are key building blocks that are necessary for that building to come to completion and for something to be built up there always requires an element of tearing down, an element of obstacles being removed. And when any of these are not understood or adhered to, whatever is being built, it has the potential to become stagnant, to remain in a state of flux, to remain half built. And look, I'm so okay with wearing a tag saying we're under construction. We are all under construction. We're all in that state, right? Where we haven't come to completion. We haven't been fully built yet in any area of our lives. And so I'm 100% behind that idea of, of being under construction as long as there's movement. As long as some work is being done to continue to build up. You see, when there is no sign of progress whether in a a physical structure, in a relationship, in our body at the gym, we've hit a plateau. Frustration can set in, right? Disappointment can come. We can kind of question, why did we start building this in the first place? Why did we even bother in the first place? We can even contemplate giving up. I'm sure we're all aware that to build something and bring it to completion, the best chance that you and I have is to build a solid foundation, right? We need, it's important that we are building a good, solid foundation. But, but think about this. What's the point of a foundation that's good and solid and strong if nothing is built on it? Or if something is half built and never progresses? I just think, what a waste. You know, you drive past a, a half built home that's been there for a year and hasn't, there's been no money. You just think, what a waste. And in this community... This incredible church community on our discipleship journeys. I don't want to see any waste. I don't want to see anyone getting stuck and never being able to progress. Or I don't want to see anyone get stuck and then settle thinking that that's all there is. That's all that God's got for me. There are seasons of silence. There are seasons of grit and grind and grief. There's Gethsemane seasons, there's winter seasons, there's seasons where it seems like more's being torn down than actually built up. But my experience, the experience of our team, the experience of the people that you read about in the Bible is it's in those moments where the greatest amount of building that God wants to do is done. And as a church community... We want to be committed, right, of having our lives founded on Jesus Christ. He is our solid rock. 
He is our foundation for the victory and the power of his life and his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his second coming to form and to shape and to be at the very center of our lives. We want that. We're committed to that. Jesus being our foundation. We are also committed to building on that incredible foundation so that you and I, we're built up in prayer, so that you and I are built up in the Word of God. All the things that we see in the, in the second circle of our purpose circles, that those things are, are, are coming alive as we grow in intimacy with our God. Why do we want to do that? Why do we want to see ourselves and each other built up in those areas so that others can be built up? So that we can be in a position where we can build others up And so that we can be in a position where we can build something absolutely amazing out in the world, where we can be active participants in this incredible recreation story, this plan, this purpose that God has for the world. And today is the launch of Built Up, a five-week series to encourage, to challenge, and to propel us all into a season of being built up together as disciples of Jesus Christ. And the focus of this series from the Scripture will be 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14. It feels like it's just got real dark behind me. Ooh. And in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is likely... Ooh likely, is likely writing his second correspondence. Yeah, that's right. It's called 1 Corinthians, but it's likely his second letter to this church. And he's writing 1 Corinthians to clear up some misinterpretations from his first letter, as well as respond to a letter that was written by members of the church in Corinth who were seeking his advice on some challenging matters. And it's important when we read these letters, both 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Paul's likely to have written up to five letters to the Corinthian church, which just shows how many problems they had. (laughs) But it's important that we read these letters as deeply personal communications to a specific group of people, a people that Paul, who Paul had relationship with. They're conversations that we get to sit in on that are in context. They're addressing specific matters of concern for that context, for those people, but they also can include directives and principles that can be applied to our life today. Now, during his initial 18-month stay in this great city. He, he stayed in Ephesus only. He only stayed in Ephesus longer than he stayed in Corinth. Paul saw a number of mostly Gentile converts to following Jesus, to be filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit and form this genuine church community. This community that was alive. It was fresh. It was happening. It was growing. There was life. There was passion. There was an enthusiasm for the things of the Spirit. It was healthy. It was like this church community. And Paul left that church to continue to pursue uh, missionary endeavours, to continue to uh, plant churches as a part of his call and purpose and mandate from God. He left the church in the able hands of Apollos and he moved on. 
But between Paul leaving and the writing of 1 Corinthians, it was possibly up to three years, stuff went down. Trouble began to arise. Stagnation came and the church was no longer being built up to the point where it was, a, it was in a critical state. And you know, sometimes you and I can romanticise about the early church and we can compare the, the lack of fruit in our church or the less than adequate worship experience. Never, that's never happened here. Or any other element that, that doesn't fit with our preference of what church should be. We, we compare this church and all the imperfections with the perfections of the early church. Can I encourage us all, over the next five weeks, read your Bible, read First and Second Corinthians. Are you serious? Are you, some of the things that you'll read that are going on in that church, you will, it'll blow your mind. Are you serious that that sort of stuff is happening in a church that professed Jesus Christ? Let's also say that 2 Corinthians was written because things got worse after 1 Corinthians. <laughs> Paul, if things were going great after 1 Corinthians, Paul would have no need to write another letter. He writes another letter. Things got worse. Things got worse within the church. And so the factions that had arisen, there, there was more division and they weren't getting on. And then things got worse between Paul, the father of this church, and the very community. Things were breaking down. It was a critical, critical stage. And so it was safe, it's safe to say, right, that the state of the church was the opposite of what Paul wanted and was committed to. And so what he does in First and Second Corinthians is he reinforces the idea of building and being built up. It spreads throughout both letters. And so let me just give you a real quick snapshot. In First Corinthians 3.9, Paul refers to the church as God's building, his construction, his work, something that is ongoing and requires spiritual, not human resources to continue to build on the foundation of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 8.1, Paul states that whilst knowledge puffs up, love builds up. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul urges the church. He says, excel, seek to excel in the building up of the church. And that everything that happens in a corporate gathering when we, when we come together as the church is to be done for building up. Again, in both 2 Corinthians 12 and 13, Paul uses this similar language, this language of building up. Everything is to be done for the purpose of building each other up. And so he's here as this father, kind of separated from his kids in a spiritual sense. And his heart is aching. And he's reminding this beloved church community that their call and their character and the very culture that is to define them is that they would not tear people down, but that they would build up and be built up. So how could they move out of this place of stagnation, of remaining in immaturity? And how could they come back to this place of being built up once more? And let's just quickly go through these observations I had at the beginning. Building takes time. 
Paul makes the, the child becoming an adult reference on multiple occasions in his writings. Most prominently, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 4, and then in 1 Corinthians 13, 9 to 11. As his original audience would know, and we also know, that from becoming a child to an adult, it takes time. If you have a 13-year-old, 14-year-old teenager, they might not think it takes time, but we know it takes time, right? It involves key transition moments. It, it involves key growing and learning opportunities that are absolutely necessary for maturation to take place. And so he's outlining to the people that the boasting that is rife at the moment, that this one-upmanship that is taking place, the, the casual approach to sin, the, the strutting around, activating the, the gifts of the Spirit as if they've arrived, as if they've built all that there is to build is very, very premature. There is a long way to go for the church in Corinth. They haven't arrived. They've just started three years into their journey as, as, as disciples, as, as people of God. Three years, they're, they're so young. And this idea of disciple is, I'm a lifelong learner. As a disciple, the building up never ends. And so Paul's saying, this is who you are. You are a disciple. You are being built up. And so what you need to do is recognise that it takes time and that he, they need to imitate Paul in this posture of humility, this posture of I've always got something to learn. And so for you and I today, whether we are frustrated that it's taking longer than we think it should take, to develop that prayer habit or kick that sin habit or have this, this awesome passion for God. Or maybe we've just settled. We've, we've been in a, in a state of apathy where we've settled for less than what God has for us. Let's be reminded that God's desire is that you would be built up in Him. God's desire is that you would be built up so that you can build up. But it takes time. And it takes a posture of constant humility from us, a positioning where we can be built up by God and often it takes place through others. <laughs> Don't you just naturally want to smile at that last point? God, can you just do it without the help of others? Can you just do it, you and me? Alluding to what Pastor Jace was saying earlier, God give us patience. Secondly, there are key building blocks necessary for a building to come to completion. And the Corinthian church had obviously let go of the key building blocks that Paul had founded them on, and they were focusing on other things. Some of the other things were good things. Some of the other things were actually essential building materials for, for the building of their lives, but they weren't the key building blocks. And Paul brings them back. He reminds them that what will truly build them up as a church community, unity, love, and spirit-led gifts in the body. That is Paul's focus. It's Paul's focus for 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14, and that's going to be our focus over the, the five-week series. And so next week, I will be continuing with unity on the 26th of Feb, 
Pastor M will be focusing on love. And the 5th and 12th of March, Pastor Jace will be focusing on spirit-led gifts, living within an ordered way for the benefit of the body of Christ. And that's exciting, those building blocks. It excites me. I don't want to say any more. We'll unpack those over the coming weeks. Now, lastly, for something to be built up, there requires an element of tearing down. Scott, why don't you come up and play, please? That'd be awesome. Now, by the time that Paul had come to the city of Corinth, early 50s AD, it was truly a magnificent and prosperous city. But over a hundred years earlier, it was laying in rubble. It had been destroyed by the Roman forces. And so for this magnificent city to be built up and take over Athens as the capital of the region, there required first a tearing down. And in order for the church to be built up, there also required a tearing down of the old. For them to come back to being built up and to build up, some things needed to be torn down, the, the pagan religious practices that the Gentiles had seemingly left to follow Jesus, they still remained built up in their hearts and the minds of many of the community. And this was leading in a really practical way to disorder in the church community, in corporate gatherings, this manic, incoherent uttering under the guise of speaking in tongues, in corporate gatherings, speaking over each other, not having any respect or love for each other. That needed to be torn down. There also needed to be a tearing down of the shame-honour culture that was prevalent in Greek society. What was most important in Greek society was what was presented on the outside, how you looked on the outside, not what was happening on the inside of a person. You had to have it all together on the outside. You need to have the right appearance, the right speech, the right knowledge, mixed with the right people. Public recognition was more important than truth. And the worst thing that could happen in Greek society was for someone to have their reputation publicly tarnished. And so instead of humility being a desired value, boasting was a desired value. Boasting. Boasting. That's why Paul continually attacks any boasting in wisdom, in knowledge, in speech, in anything but boasting in the Lord. And in order for you and I to be built up and to build others up, it's important that we ask God and allow God to show us and then free us from those things. What obstacles need to be removed so that you and I can continue to build up and be built up? Maybe it's a religious mindset that would say, I constantly need to earn God's approval. Maybe it's fear. Fear needs to be torn down. The fear that would say, God can't help me in this situation. God can't help me in this part of my life. Maybe... What needs to be torn down is a love for things of the world where we've made things an idol and we've begun to worship, where we've got our approval, got our value, our sense of worth from, from money, from sex, from power. 
they've become our God. Maybe it's pride and individualism that would say, I don't need God. I don't need others. I can do things in my own strength. Or maybe what needs to be torn down is apathy. I'm not interested in God. Other things are interesting me. He's not interesting me at all. And as we allow and acknowledge, well, acknowledge these things and allow God to do a work in us, tear the things down, bring healing, bring freedom, we will come to a point where we are building up and being built up. Why don't we close our eyes? So with everything you've heard today, with what we're leaning into as a church, Sunday mornings and Wednesday night gathers, with these discipleship opportunities that are available to us, where do you see yourself? And I really do want you to wrestle yourself into that place right now to see yourself as an active participant being built up by God and building others up. What you have to offer, what you bring is needed in the body, is needed in this church community. Make a decision right now. I'm going to participate with what God is doing in and through this church community. Make that decision now. And where there is frustration because God's timing is in our timing. Let patience flow. Let perseverance come to trust Him again. where there is a clarifying, a a focusing that is needed to, to go back to the key building blocks of what will build your faith. God brings strength and bring clarity. I pray for next steps to crystallize in people's hearts and minds right now. Next steps on our journey. And where there needs to be things torn down in order for things to be built up. Holy Spirit, we're asking that you reveal those things. Even some of those things that are so deep down in us that have even been passed down from generation to generation. We're asking God that you would bring those things up, that you would help us, show us what these things are, God, these things that are holding us back. I pray, God, that you would show us God, whether it's fear or apathy, God, whether it's a love of the things of this world, I pray, God, that you would show us. And then, God, we're asking that you would show us your glory and you would show us your power by the Holy Spirit to come and break those things down. Tear those things down. Bring healing and bring freedom. We're believing for that, God. We're believing that you're doing that for us, in us, through us build your church today build your church today 
Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.